You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you Foxborough faithful. You are now locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. Today is Thursday, August 5th, 2021, and it is time to talk a little training camp tight-ended, sprinkled with a little bit of fullback here on your daily home for news notes and analysis infused with the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. Greetings and salutations, Patriots Nation, and thank you for joining me here on this Thursday episode of the Lockdown Patriots podcast. My name is Mike DeBate, and I cover your New England Patriots for Patriot Maven of Sports Illustrated. I am also your host of the Lockdown Patriots podcast, which of course is a proud part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, because it's your team every day, that means your questions, comments, and feedback are always welcomed and very much appreciated. So share that feedback. Send it to the internet by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there doing some Thursday traveling through the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Pats fans, it is day eight of training camp in Foxborough, Massachusetts, and into everyone's life a little rain must fall. Patriots have really enjoyed some great weather thus far in New England. Maybe not as warm as some of you who love the summer weather might like it, but it's definitely great for football. Well, today, the rains did fall on the practice fields adjacent to Gillette Stadium, but the Patriots were still able to get some solid work in. And it starts with rookie quarterback Mac Jones, who, let's just say, folks, had a full day of work. Took a great amount of snaps. Patriots took full advantage of the weather, and Mac looked very comfortable. Making his reads, making the throws, he looked a lot better wearing the pads today than he did a couple of days ago. Mac turned in arguably the highlight of the day where he put a precision pass right over the shoulder of running back James White. Mac put it where only James could field it. Cornerback Miles Bryant in on the coverage, but the connection between Mac and James White resulted in a nice 20-yard strike. Cam Newton got a little bit of a lighter workload today. He still looked good at times, but there were times where he looked a little bit hesitant throwing the football. All in all, not Cam's best day, but still a lot of positives when it comes to the Patriots' projected starter this camp. He's looked stronger, he's looked better prepared, and dare I say the Patriots are in good shape when it comes to the quarterback position. Both quarterback one and two look strong so far, and I look for that to continue into next week. And one of the reasons why the quarterbacks have looked so good is because they now have some quote-unquote weapons to throw to. I usually hate using that word, but it's appropriate, especially when it comes to the tight end position. Folks, I think it's a safe assumption, of course, assuming good health, that production from the tight end position in Foxborough is about to make a return in a big way. Jonu Smith has had himself a great camp possibly poising himself for a breakout season. Right there with him is Hunter Henry, who has been running routes like a pro, getting open, making blocks, and really providing that one-two combination that the Patriots haven't had in quite some time. While it's true that last year's rookies have not found their way onto the field yet, after all, Dalton Keene has been on the physically unable to perform list, Devin Asiasi continues to remain on the COVID reserve, 
But in their absence, some of the depth pieces have had their chance to shine a little bit. Troy Fumagalli, Matt Lacoste having solid camps, David Wells has been in the mix, and of course, how can we forget the fullback position? John has been taking some jet sweeps out of the backfield, almost looking like a fullback at times, but Jakob Johnson has been right there in the mix every step of the way. It's a Thursday, you know I love my alliteration, so it seems like the perfect time to do a little Thursday tight end training camp evaluation. That's a few T's there. And if that's going to be the subject, then you know there's no one else we could possibly have on the pod today than the Countess of Class herself, Miss Tight Endage, Claire Classy Claire Cooper. And being the expert she is on the subject, she will give us her opinion on the tight ends in camp so far, including what she's seen and heard from Janu Smith, Hunter Henry, also when it comes to Matt Lacoste, Troy Fumagalli, and Jakob Johnson at the fullback position. Folks, an action-packed agenda on the pod today. Thursday, tight endage from training camp with the Countess of Class herself breaking it all down with yours truly when this Thursday episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked On listeners, Built Bar, the most delicious, healthy protein bar you've ever tried, has so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, and I have folks, believe me when I tell you, there are a lot of you out there, they are passionate about their favorites. If you don't know about the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. But the best part of Built Bar is not even just the delicious flavors they provide. It's the fact that in addition to them being delicious, they're also one of the most healthy treats available today. Each Built Bar has between 17 and 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories per bar, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and all healthy. Flavors like coconut, cherry barcia, love that name, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and so much more. When you want a treat that's not only pleasing to your palate, but also great for your health, don't delay, do it today. Make Built Bar your go-to protein bar right now. Visit Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Patriots fans, we have been camping with your New England Patriots now for over a week. The pads are on, and anticipation is high as the Patriots march toward their first preseason game this coming Thursday. However, there are still a lot of question marks out there, and still a lot of player evaluations to be made, particularly at two positions that are very near and dear to your heart. They're even more near and dear to the heart of my guest today, because her wit and wisdom are a staple here on the pod. And I know that hers is a voice and an accent and a giggle that you know very well. From West Midlands in the UK, backed by popular demand, a phenomenal Patriots writer for Pat's Propaganda, the third voice on One Patriot's Place, and a special contributor and columnist for Full Press Coverage Patriots, where she also hosts her own Patriots podcast. And folks, I tell you without hesitation, a must-listen for any Pats fan. Check out A Claire Perspective today. But it is my honor to welcome the Countess of Class herself. Claire Classy Claire Cooper is back here today on Locked On Patriots. Claire, thank you so much for joining me today from across the pond. Welcome back to the pod. 
Oh, oh, the pleasure is all mine, Mike. The pleasure is all mine. And I had to really hold in my little laugh when you were saying about Titans and stuff. It being near and dear to my heart. I had to like try and really hard to be quiet so that I didn't ruin the introduction and just be nice and quite hold that giggling. <laughs> well, we we definitely appreciate that. And there it is, folks. And you're going to hear that a lot today, I guarantee yeah. you. But um, you know, it's always a pleasure sharing the microphone with you, no matter the topic. You know that. Uh, we like to have fun at your expense regarding you being an expert on tight end. It is your specialty. You even have T-shirts being made. So, folks, definitely yeah. check those out as well. Um, but, Claire, you're really emerging as one of the more talented and well-rounded writers on all things New England Patriots, from offense, defense, special teams, coaching. Claire is good, folks, and definitely be sure to check out her great work. But when the topic of the day is the tight end position, and even though we're putting on the pads, a rainy day out there today in Foxborough, um, there's a lot of storylines surrounding that. But the tight end position is one that's had the spotlight from the start. Patriots got very poor production out of the uh, uh, the position last year. I'm sorry, no disrespect to your man, Ryan Izzo. I think he did. We've said he did the best he could, but there's only so many people that can turn water into wine. Ryan, I just, you know, think was, was out of options at that point. But the Patriots knew that, and they went out and upgraded in a big way. And it's really been a lot of fun for me to see guys like, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith out there making plays and really, I think, revitalizing the tight end position. Claire, you always keep a sharp eye on tight ends. And that came out <laughs> the wrong way, but you know, you know what I mean. You always keep a sharp eye on the position on the football field. From the camp coverage that you've seen so far, uh, what's been your experience or what's been your opinion of the way the Patriots are utilizing the tight ends? And just in general, how great has it seemed to have that position back in the spotlight when it comes to the New England Patriots offense? Well, firstly, I do need to point out that I am still playing a little bit of catch up on some of the training camp uh, coverage as I was away. As soon as training camp kicked off, I decided that I was going to take a mini vacation <laughs> just to be awkward. But no, I have seen quite a bit. And like you said, I obviously focus on times because it's something that is my interest to play a position. It is my niche. It is that kind of thing. I've noticed reporting coming out of camp, although obviously predominantly it's Mac and Cam that that's what you guys are reporting at the moment and that's you know that is the hot topic and that's fair enough I have heard the names of actually all of the tight end well most of the tight ends and and in a way I found that quite surprising because it hasn't only been focused on Janu and Hunter although there's been a lot about Janu and I'll touch back on that in a moment it, it hasn't only been the two signed tight ends that we've heard about. We've heard about Fumagalli being used and we've heard about Lacoste, particularly about Lacoste sounding like he is trying to say trying to. He's he's out there looking to maybe prove himself to gain his spot because he was injured in a lot in 2019. So he didn't really show the team much when he signed with them. And then obviously he opted out in 2020. So, again, the Patriots probably haven't seen a lot of what this guy can do um, considerably. And now it's it, it's a fight against the rookies. Um, so I think that hearing his name quite a lot was surprising. It's good because it means, you know, that they've got added depth. It's good that they haven't only got two superstar tight ends and that's it. Because anything in regards to sort of injury and all of a sudden you, you lose one of them, 
if the Patriots are looking to set up these two tight end packages, that kind of thing, which we're sort of ex- just expecting just from what they, you know, from the signing, then it, it, they're going to fall short very quickly if, say, Hunter Henry, goodness forbid, went off injured and they haven't really got much of a backup other than Devon Asiasi. Nothing against Asiasi, but particularly because he's not really as as the rounded role of a tight end as Hunter Henry. I'd put him more in the towards the Johnny Smith kind of tight end than I would the Hunter Henry. But that's just, you know, just sort of looking at what he has done and what we have seen, which unfortunately hasn't been that much of him either. Again, Fumagalli, I heard his name and initially thought maybe he'd be signed through as as a camp body. Uh, could he probably still will be? But it, it, it's interesting to see that they are utilising him considerably um, in the in training camp at the moment. I haven't heard that much in regards to David Wells that they kind of re-picked up, if you like, from last year. Um, I think he was in camp for 20, in November 2020, I believe, that, that he was around. So I haven't actually heard much about him. You, you may be able to tell me otherwise as you've been to camp Um and I do just think it's, it, as I said, not to repeat myself, but I just found it very interesting that the, that we weren't only hearing about Henry and Smith. Mm. I mean, the use of the tight ends, I mean, going forward, if they're looking at using a two tight end set, which we sort of, as, as I mentioned, maybe assuming, keeping somebody like Formigali or Lacoste, you know, is something that, I'm hoping that they do consider that there's the other worry is in regards to Devon Asiasi and, and being on the COVID. Now I understand that um, he can, he, he will be eligible to come back shortly. The concern is how having COVID may have affected him and also losing a sort of um, very important week into camp might affect his development as well. We heard a lot, when Cam Newton came back from having COVID, his COVID fog and and, and such like. Um, now I'm no doctor. I don't know anything of you know the technical nature, the scientific nature of that. But if this kid is is affected, it, it's really going to affect his position going forward. Particularly if they've got people such as Lacoste shining during training camp. To be honest, I think it's interesting that they signed Smith first in regards to the free agency. Um, and that, that, you know, he's the weapon that is being utilised a lot in training camp. His is the name that is being that is being mentioned a lot. And he's the most versatile of the two tight ends. So it's curious to see how they're going to utilise him going forward. Um, he's quite explosive. And, I you know, is he going to be used a lot more like a running back, more like a fullback, a H-back, that kind of thing? I um, went back and watched the 2011 Divisional Broncos game to see how much they utilised the two tight end sets there. And obviously, in this case, it was Hernandez and Gronk. And Hunter Henry and Johnny aren't Hernandez and Gronk, obviously. But it's very interesting to see how they utilised Hernandez as a versatile player. Um, And I'm just sort of wondering going forward how much that they're going to do that in regards to Johnny. But saying that, Mike... Seeing as, you know, you've been to training camp, how about we switch seats and you answer my tight endage questions? Oh, so you're going to put me on the hot seat this morning. You want my wisdom in counsel for camp. Uh, I like that. That's a bold approach. But uh, you know what? <laughs> I think we can pull it off. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's, okay. I, I hand you 
the interviewer's <laughs> microphone here. You can put me on the hot seat. I'll be the guest today here on Locked On Patriots. I don't like this. I get to, you know, it's a different perspective. I'm not just staring at the same wall. It's great. Um, sure. Uh, whatever you'd like to ask me, I will definitely do my best to answer that to the best of my ability. <laughs> well, as I, as I mentioned, you've seen a lot more than I have. Um, so I've rambled on a little bit with what I have seen and what I think of the tight end that's going forward. So really, you're going to be more in the know than I am. So, yes, you take your seat over there <laughs> and you sit and you answer my questions and let me grill you for a change. So let me go, first of all, to... A shared love that we have. You and I have both been quite vocal in regards to Hunter Henry. You spent a lot of time covering him at the Chargers, as we know, as, as listeners that have, have heard before should, should be aware of. Um, and obviously, he's the traditional tight end, so he's my favourite, if you like. So, Henry sparkled a little in the spring minicamp. We heard a lot more about Hunter Henry, you know, in the spring. Reports have been reasonably quiet since then i'm guessing a lot might be because you know they're not utilizing not wearing pads and that kind of thing we've only had one day other than today there's only been one day of, of wearing pads and with henry being um a traditional sort of wide tight end and more of a blocking tight end his skill set may be not utilized quite as much out of pads so can you tell us please what have you seen of hunter henry and what can you report back to us in regards to him that's a great question, Claire. And look, Hunter Henry is coming in exactly as advertised. Maybe not to the fan eye, because I think a lot of people, myself included, hyped him up as someone that could come in and be a game changer in this offense. He absolutely is, but he's doing it in a way that's a little more subtle. And early on in camp, especially when you don't have the pads put on, it can be very difficult to evaluate a player with Hunter Henry's skill set. Hunter is still a tremendous route runner, and you're seeing that in training camp. Uh, he's had some difficulties connecting with Cam Newton, but when he has connected with Cam, he's been very, very effective. Mac Jones the same way. He has an ability to be in the right spot, right at the right point, and the quarterback needs to put the uh, the pass exactly where he can receive it. That's been something that Cam has struggled with since he came here to New England, so I think they're going to see those two really work on some uh, synergy in that regard. But Hunter is still, he's running routes very well. He's in great positions to block. He is getting open, and he's able to receive and does have those sure hands. So I've been very impressed with what I've seen from Hunter Henry so far. I I think now that the pads are on on a regular basis, you're going to continue to see that progression move forward and you're going to see him be a lot more visible than he has been within the first few days of camp. But having my sharp eye on Hunter Henry, having covered him before, having been a big fan of his for you know, a number of years, I'm looking at him with a little bit more of a, um, a critical lens. And mm -hmm. from what I've seen so far, I definitely like what I see in Hunter Henry. The Patriots definitely got a good one and he'll pay dividends for them on the field this year. That's good. That's definitely the sort of thing that I want to hear. And I can imagine probably <laughs> most of our listeners would like to hear as well. OK, moving on from one top tight end to the other top tight end. So I'm going to ask you this in a little bit of a roundabout way, in all fairness, because I think we have some depth at running back um, at the moment and quite powerful runners as well. As I mentioned earlier in my little sum up, um, I watched the 2011 Divisional Broncos game recently just to see how they utilise the tight end sets. And in that one particular game, they did use Hernandez as a significant ball carrier. 
Now, do you think that we'll see this kind of, I want to say sneaky use of Johnny Smith in a way, in, <laughs> in all fairness, to throw the defences off? That You know, that they use Hernandez as a traditional blocker, a running back, um, in the I formation as a fullback as well, as, a, as well as a receiver. Do you think that Johnny Smith, I'm not saying he's Hernandez, I'm not, so uh, we, we don't need people to write in and, and, and sort of complain. <laughs> In all fairness, I'm just sort of utilising as in a skill set from a skill set perspective. Um, do you think that they'll get the extent of versatility like Hernandez from Johnny? Uh, yeah, and I think you're seeing that already, and we've seen it already in camp, especially because the Patriots have not had a whole lot of padded practice recently. They're usually operating mostly out of red zone drills, and the red zone drill is the perfect opportunity for a move tight end like Jonu Smith to make an impact. He's getting out there. He's getting open in the red zone. He's getting a good synergy again with Mac Jones, with Cam Newton been a couple of issues with drops, but I mean, that's to be expected in the training camp. That's why you run these drills. That's why you rehearse. Basically, that's what mm -hmm. this is. It's a rehearsal for the Patriots each and every day out there. So he'll continue to get better as he learns his new quarterbacks. But we're seeing John who carry the ball out of the backfield a little bit more even than I expected. And I think that's a little bit of a surprise considering the Patriots do have a full time fullback on staff. And I'm sure we're probably going to get into Jakob Johnson in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to what John Smith is able to do, he's such a great athlete. He's a strong athlete. And it's the type of dynamic that the Patriots have not had at the tight end position in quite some time. Rob Gronkowski could do it all out there on the field. He could be a wide tight end. He could be a move tight end. He could essentially switch back and forth. And I've never seen a guy with the versatility the way Rob had it. He was more of a traditional wide, no question about it. But he could play the move as well. Jonu Smith really, I think, embodies that move tight end. It mm -hmm. is similar to Aaron. And I know, you know, it's a tough subject to bring up. It's a tough name to even mention for Patriots fans. But when you look at what he's been able to do on the field, purely on the field, not taking anything, taking everything else out of the equation. Yeah, uh, there was a unique skill set there. And John o. Smith, I've noticed, does embody some of those. So a little bit surprised to see him carrying the ball as much out of the backfield, almost as a pseudo fullback. But he's so good at being able to do it. We knew the jet sweep was going to be a weapon that the Patriots would employ using John o. Smith. Uh, but it looks like they might be a little bit more eager to try that. Again, it's training camp. It's early. They're trying things out. At the end of the day, we may not see as much of it in the regular season or even in preseason contests. But Jano is, again, like Hunter, everything is advertised. That big body, that red zone threat, somebody that can get open, make catches, move the chains, and even be an effective blocker when he needs to and get his hands in the dirt. Uh, another complete tight end. Patriots got two good ones in Hunter Henry and in Jano Smith. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. Um, the, the one thing that Jano kind of got going from a little bit more is is his speed is his more of his athleticism i mean the houston i think it was a houston tennessee game back at the end of 2019 some november december kind of time um and they used him as a, as a ball carrier a little bit and we saw a 57 yard run as the ball carrier and he had he had that sort of the speed that you would expect more kind of of like a wide receiver position so that's one thing that's always going to be going for him is his size added with his speed that somebody like maybe kind of um hunter henry doesn't quite have quite as quite as significantly as 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 as, as johnny does 
Absolutely. And I think that they complement each other very well. Josh yeah. McDaniels talked about this yesterday and having complementary players on the roster that really have different skill sets, but it can come together and be an asset. Now, of course, people are going to point out, well, Josh was talking about the quarterback position, but it's true of any position, even on defense. But it's true of offense. You want to have a good balance. You want to have a good uh, complement of players that can play for power, play for finesse, play for speed. It really does well round an offense. And the Patriots really didn't have much of that last year. Quarterback position was really, I think, a game of catch-up all season long. Uh, the tight end position was so depleted by injury and inexperience that they really couldn't get the production that offensive line was solid the running game was solid but that made the Patriots very one-dimensional and because mm -hmm. of that and the yeah. difficulties they had with the wide receivers as well with Julian Edelman going down and having a lack of production from guys like Nikhil Harry it really was very difficult so this year you're seeing a more complete uh, roster more complete positional depth charts and it's made all the difference on the field and that's what I think has a lot of Patriots fans and even a lot of media like myself pretty excited about what this Patriots offense can look like and I think the addition of the two tight ends is a huge reason why yeah I agree completely well, I'm glad that you agree, because after all, this is still locked on Patriots, folks. Claire is doing a great job of taking over the microphone here. Uh, maybe a little too good. I think I might uh, have to polish up my resume a little bit here. Uh, might, uh, might, I don't know, changing of the guard, folks. You tell me. You tell me what's going on here. But uh, I'm going to assert my uh, authority right now and take us into a break, because Claire is not done yet putting me on the hot seat. Um, it's always my honor uh, join her here on the microphone uh, and have her here on Locked On Patriots. But even though we do have a lot of fun when it comes to talking tight endage, um, again, you have the knowledge of a lot of different positions, and we're going to talk about one of those in just a moment. When we return, Claire puts me on the hot seat about the fullback position. And also, what surprised me so far in camp when it comes to both positions? Find out when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked On listeners, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, all of your UFC MMA action, and of course the NFL, with the only place that has you covered and the only place we trust. Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Before the start of your next favorite sporting event, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the greatest sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Head over to the website at betonline.ag and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the action. Head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Patriots fans, Claire Kalazi, Claire Cooper, the Countess of Claz herself, joins me today on the pod. And we're doing something a little different here on Lockdown Patriots today. Claire's putting me on the camp hot seat and asking for my observations when it comes to two of her favorite positions out there on the football field, tight endage 
and of course the fullback position. And Claire, I don't want to steal your thunder, but I know you have some questions regarding this position. We talked a little bit about Jonu Smith taking more of a fullback role at times in some of the red zone drills in camp, but I know you want to take a deeper dive into that position. So please, by all means, here is once again, the interviewer's microphone, and you can put me on the hot seat now uh, to take us home here in the second segment of Lockdown Patriots today. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Mike. I'd like to if you make yourself comfortable while I get to my question. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you mentioned, the fallback, the two tight end sets may reduce the use, the use of a fallback, um, especially if, as we've mentioned, as, as we've touched on before, they use Smith as a um, more of a sort of a, a Hernandez role in the sort of multiple roles covering sort of fallback, that kind of thing. Have you seen much of Jakob Johnson in training camp? And also, if, if so, or even if not, what do you think of his future in New England, especially in connection with this, what we are seeing now as they are utilising Johnny Smith? Yeah, I think uh, with regard to Jakob Johnson, he's out there. He's out there every day, as we all know. He is a member of the International Pathway Program, uh, has done a great job of filling the uh, shoes of James Devlin, the indelible shoes of James Devlin, which I think in a lot of ways the Patriots sorely miss uh, James, not just what he brought on the field, but also what he was able to bring in the locker room, one of the most well-respected guys you'll ever meet and one of the great guys that I've had the chance to cover here in New England. But Jakob has done a tremendous job. Um, he has served as the lead blocker in the running game, and that's essentially what we've seen him line up at during training camp so far. So he is out there still playing that role. Occasional receiver out of the backfield. We've seen John o. Smith take on that role a little bit more. So I wonder if maybe there might be a reduction in store because of Janu's um, prowess and being able to do that. It'll be interesting to see now that the pads are on if Janu is going to take more of that move tight end role. Jakob back into a traditional fullback role, uh, and he can also carry the ball in short yardage. We've seen him do that and even get into the goal line a few times and across <laughs> the goal line for a few touchdowns. So I don't think necessarily his spot on the roster is set in stone yet, Claire, but at the same time, I look at the way this roster is situated, and the Patriots always love to employ a full-time fullback. Danny Vitale no longer on this roster. We never got a chance to see him in a no. Patriots uniform, <laughs> but Jakob Johnson is someone that I think is probably solidified his role if for no other reason we haven't had a chance to see Dalton Keene on the field yet he still remains on the physically unable to perform list hasn't practiced in training camp so far and with all of the time that he's missed you have to wonder if even if he's activated soon all of the time that he's missed may force him uh, into trying to maybe overcompensate and get back into game shape pretty quickly. It might be difficult for him to do that. We don't know what Dalton is uh, is dealing with. Not a whole lot of information on his injury. Uh, we keep looking for him. I keep looking for him every day, and I keep <laughs> listing him on the on the pup list. And uh, he was again on Thursday. So we'll continue to keep a sharp eye on Dalton because I think if there's any threat to Jakob's roster spot, it would come from Dalton Keene, not from Janu Smith. Janu is a tight end. That's what he's going to be used as. He may carry the ball out of the backfield and jet sweeps look more like a fullback on occasion, but I don't think the Patriots are going to go into this season without a dedicated fullback on their roster. My gut reaction tells me that's going to be Jakob Johnson. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I want to sort of take it a little bit um, 
away from that a little bit off topic just because of what you said about Dalton Keane. He had a neck injury and a leg injury last year. So I don't know if I've heard whispers in regards to his injury at the moment, is in regards to his leg. That was the most recent injury that he that he incurred last year. Now, how long do you think it would be until they maybe let him go? How much can he miss before it just becomes way too detrimental? because of the fact that he didn't have much of a year last year either. Well, at this point, I mean, he does count against the uh, the 90-man roster and still continues to, even though he is on PUP. Now, the mm-hmm. Patriots are going to face in the coming weeks some decisions. Do they put him on long-term, physically unable to perform, and essentially start the season without him counting against the roster that would be a designation to return so the patriots do have some you know questions on dalton Keene, and they have to make some decisions on him i still don't think they're ready to quite cut the cord when it comes to him yet they invested third round draft capital last year didn't get to see much of him on the field i know bill belichick and the patriots brain trust were very impressed by his ability to carry the ball out of the backfield be that h-back fullback type tight end that he was at virginia tech i think they'd Mm -hmm. like to see that and before they've really had a chance to evaluate him um if there is any type of long-term pup or injured reserve designations in his future i think they would go that route before for completely cutting him loose. So I don't think Dalton is in danger of losing his job on the team, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, you also have to wonder whether or not there might be something more in play. There might be something more beneath the surface. If that's the case, uh, then a lengthy stay on one of the injury designations, whether it be PUP or IR, uh, might be install, uh, in store for him. But that is pure speculation on my part. I don't have mm-hmm. any inside information on him. There's very little that's being said about Dalton. So we'll continue to see. But uh, that's an excellent question. And I'm glad that you asked about Dalton King because, again, we haven't seen much of him, including Devin Asiasi, who's yet to practice because of the COVID designation and you touched on that a little bit earlier yeah it's it's unfortunate that they've signed these rookies and I mean it's unfortunate for a lot of the rookies that got signed last year but for the rookies that have been signed and then not only to have lost a lot of time last year in regards to how COVID was setting everything up to then lose this year training camp to COVID for Asiasi and for injury for Dalton Keene they haven't had a full sort of regular normal in inverted commas season for fans to really see what this player really is kind of thing and it's just been unfortunate that it, it hasn't only been one of the titans that they signed it's been both of them which i suppose makes it even more you know significantly important that they signed two titans for us <laughs> in pre-agency really so yeah <laughs> well i'm not done with you yet Oh, you're not. Okay. As we've sort of delved into tight endage, we've delved into fullback. I think the listeners would like to know, just in general, because we don't get the opportunity to fire questions at you quite often. And you've been at training camp, which obviously very exciting. We're all completely envious of you. So please do tell us what has surprised you so far in training camp that you've seen. Bear in mind, there's only been one padded day. We appreciate that. But, you know, what can you tell us now? 
Well, considering it's training camp tight end Thursday with a little fullback sprinkled in, we'll keep it on that subject. And uh, <laughs> I think one of the big surprises at the position has been Troy Fumagalli. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, really had some question marks about who this guy was. You had mentioned earlier potential camp body and probably mm-hmm. not much else. I'll be very honest with you. I kind of thought the same, but he came in with a little bit of NFL background, a little bit of pedigree. And I think just didn't get the chance that he needed in Denver. He's looked solid so far in camp. He's had some nice catches. He's able to get open. Uh, he's got, you know, tremendous size at the position. Uh, very, like uh, you know, very, like um, absolutely. Very, <laughs> like uh, very big guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at that position, Troy can definitely, you know, he can go up and he can get the ball. Um, shows a great amount of toughness. And I think that's something that is really, I think, endearing him to some of the media and some of the fans that have been in attendance. Now, is that going to be enough to get him a roster spot? I think there's, you know, the jury is still out on that. You mentioned Matt Lacoste, and I think Matt has looked pretty comfortable out there as well. There have been some drops from him, but also I like the fact that he's out there running routes very well. Uh, to me, that's been really the standout for Matt lately is being able to run the routes effectively. He's had some issues with health, and he's had some issues with, I think, his utilization yeah. in New England. But when he's utilized properly and he's healthy, he can be an effective tight end. So once again, because we haven't seen Devin Asiasi yet, because we haven't seen Dalton Keene yet, there's a question mark about how effective these guys are going to be when they come out and are able to contribute on the field. Now, Asiasi, we keep hearing that there might be, you know, uh, an imminent return to the field. We've still yet to see it. Uh, he put a picture of himself on Instagram earlier this week stating that, you know, he was going to be in Foxborough. So that got a lot of people excited that he may be ready to return. But don't forget, he needs to pass two um, positive uh, two, excuse me, two negative COVID tests after obviously the positive designation within 24 hours of each other uh, in order to be able uh, to return to the field. So we're not sure what's happening there, but once that happens, he'll be out there and then we'll get a chance to see him. So Troy Fumagalli, Matt Lacoste have been good, positive surprises, I think. Again, maybe seeing Jonu Smith carry the ball a little bit more and act as a fullback has been a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, on the uh, the not-so-positive side, uh, you know, definitely I've, I've been disappointed that I haven't had a chance to see Dalton Keene out there on the field. I was looking forward to seeing what he could bring to the table, especially in the regards of the fullback position, because I know yeah. you were a big proponent of that, one of the first that suggested yeah. <laughs> this could be the heir apparent uh, to uh, Jakob Johnson, maybe even the heir apparent to a guy like James Devlin. And you mentioned David Wells earlier. David has been out there mostly as a blocker, hasn't been making any type of wow performances, but he's been a solid camp body so far so those are my observations just uh, you know purely over the top uh in terms of the tight end and the fullback position but you're really going to chance get really going to get a chance to see folks a lot of what these players can do now that the pads are on and keep a very special sharp eye on the Patriots' first preseason game coming up this Thursday against the Washington football team. Uh, I look for some 12 personnel to be run out of that, and I look for Josh to uh, really show uh, what these uh, players can do uh, when they're locked in. Oh, completely. Before we wrap up, I want to throw one very quick question to you, whilst we've still got the tight endage hats on. How many do you think, this is just on the spot, and this is purely opinion going forward, because we've got such depth, because there's, you know, there's such players that seem to be shining a little bit in training camp, as, as we've we mentioned, everybody's mentioned it still quite early. But how many tight ends do you think they'll go through to on the 53? 
I originally slotted that the Patriots would carry four, uh, that they would mm-hmm. carry four tight ends on this roster. I originally projected it would be Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, Devin Asiasi, and Dalton Keene, uh, obviously with uh, Jakob Johnson being the full-time fullback. Mm-hmm. Based on what I'm seeing from the wide receivers, based on what I'm seeing from uh, the uh, the tight ends, I still think four is a solid number. I, I was tempted to say that they might carry five if they couldn't get production, solid production out of the wide receiver position. But Nikhil Harry has kind of put a wrench into my plans, believe it or not, Claire. <laughs> He's looked very good in camp so far. Had another solid day on, on Thursday. Really has looked good all week long. He's going up, making contested catches, looking tough, looking strong. If the Patriots are serious about wanting to hold on to him, and again, this jury is still out on that. There is still the trade request out there. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Both sides earlier this week seem to have some complimentary things to say about one another. Harry saying he'd be fine with being able to remain in New England. Uh, Bill Belichick saying that he's had good conversations with Nikhil. If that means he's sticking around, Nikhil Harry could end up taking on the role that sometimes a traditional tight end makes, getting open in the ops, uh, getting open in the uh, the end zone, making plays, going up, making tough contested catches in the open field. If that's the case then the Patriots, I think, would probably carry no more than uh, four tight ends. But if the wide receivers begin to struggle a little bit, you might see them maybe try to stash a fifth one on there. If that's the case, I, I would probably give the slight edge to Matt Lacoste in that regard, simply because I think he has more NFL experience than Troy Fumagalli. But Fumagalli's been a solid addition. If the Patriots can't bring him onto the roster, he might be a very good candidate for the practice squad. And I think that would be a win for the New England Patriots. I agree. I want to sprinkle a little bit of a nugget left on towards the end in regards to how versatile Johnny Smith is. And you mentioned the wide receivers and that kind of thing, talking about numbers of how many to take forward. The one thing that, that might have sort of answer a bit of a question is why the Patriots didn't sign a, what people call a number one wide receiver. Because Johnny has, has, has shown how versatile he is, it could be that they've looked at using him as this sort of more important receiver role. Um, That's why they looked at signing him and Hunter Henry when he became available. It's just the versatility that we're seeing of Smith is is so extensive. Maybe that's what they've been, I don't want to say designing the offence around, you know, for want of a better word, really, um, in regards to that kind of wide receiver role and stuff. So, I I mean, obviously, I'd be happy if they took sort of five times going forward, but we all know <laughs> why that I would be happy with that. So, yeah, we'll just leave it at that and put a dot there, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a good point. I think that, uh, you know, with regard to why this team doesn't have a quote-unquote number one wide receiver, although I think Nelson Aguilar has been great in camp so far and has really established in himself as the alpha of the group he's still not a traditional true number one option in vain of some of the top wide receivers in the uh, uh, the nfl right now the patriots are going to be running a lot of 12-man personnel and of course we know that that means two tight ends um and with that regard it really is that type of an offense is predicated on a strong offensive line, a very strong running game, and using that 12-man personnel to open up play action. When you do that, there's a little bit less of an emphasis on having to have a number one receiver to take the top off the defense. So many fans love to see that because it's the wow factor. You want to see these dynamic touchdowns and leaping grabs and players sprinting down the sidelines for 70-yard, you know, 80-yard receptions. Yeah, that's those are nice. Those are aesthetically pleasing. But when you look at how this offense is 
predicated, it really is predicated on using all of your options, not just a quote-unquote number one wideout. So, yeah, the signings of John Smith, Hunter Henry definitely factored into that. You look at the way the runners are with Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, James White. All of these guys can contribute, and the offensive line doing the blocking up front makes things a lot easier for the quarterback. So, you know, it, it's just they all run hand-in-hand, hand, but I think that's a good point and uh, something that Patriots fans will see a lot more of as we get into the real thrust of uh, training camp practices with pads and then of course with preseason games starting next week yeah claire this was fun this was really <laughs> really fun I, I really i enjoyed being on the hot seat i enjoyed kind of putting my feet up and not having to uh, drive the bus it was good to, uh, to get a little uh, a little break but uh um you drove the bus very well but i'm gonna park the bus today and uh, just uh, let everyone know that it is always my honor and my privilege to speak with you here on locked on patriots thank you for lending your wisdom and counsel thank you for letting me lend my wisdom and counsel back to the show a little bit before i let you go Please let everyone, all of our listeners know where they can find you, where they can find your great work, and what we can look forward to in the coming days and weeks from the great pen and the great voice and giggle of Claire Classy Claire Cooper. Well, you can find me each and every week um, at E2G Sports on One Patriot's Place with Steve and Murphs. That's Steve Balistrieri and Thomas Murphy. That's every week, folks. <laughs> um, a couple of times a month, you'll get me on my Eclair Perspective podcast that's brought to you by fullpresscoveries.com. So it's every, it's around every two weeks. I haven't got a set schedule. It's just when I can get guests and when we've got something, you know, to, to chat about kind of thing. You'll find me at fullpresscoveries.com where I bring you my Eclair Perspective column every so often and I also write for the fabulous patspropaganda.com and that's also where you'll find my tight endage t-shirts so you know get yourselves kitted out for summer folks that's uh, patspropaganda.com <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And highly recommended all, all of the work that Claire does, uh, <laughs> including the t-shirts folks. I do highly recommend checking it out. Um, this was a blast again. I always enjoy it. You know, you're going to be back here on lockdown Patriots soon and we look forward to it. But in the meantime, please continue to stay safe, stay well. And until next time, when we get to talk ball again, maybe a little deeper into the roster, not just some of the tight endage, uh, the next time you join us here on lockdown Patriots. Thanks so much, Claire. Oh, thank you, Mike. Thanks, everybody, for having me. It's been a blast. <laughs> Just like that, Patriots fans, we are almost through your work week, but there is still plenty of camp coverage left to come here on Locked On Patriots. So to ensure that you do not miss a single second of the action, download, subscribe to, and follow the Locked On Patriots podcast on platforms such as Spotify, the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure that you continue to stay locked in to Locked On Patriots. Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank my friend and colleague, Claire Classy Claire Cooper, for joining me here today on the pod for her time, her insight, and for taking the interviewer's mic for a few minutes. But most of all, I thank you so much for listening and for continuing to make Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Until tomorrow, Pats Nation, stay safe, stay well, be the change that you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone.